What is up, everyone? We are here's Johnny Podcast. Finally back with a game review. Our first one since May, Justin. Do you remember really? the last game review? Um, okay, hold on. I gotta think here. Uh, I will give you a nickel if you can guess the last three. Oh, what? A tickle or a pickle? Nickel? A nickel. Oh, eh, that's not as good as either of the things I said, so whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> um, control? No, it wasn't no. control. No, um, that was last summer. <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, okay, so hold on. May. Was uh-huh. it March? No, because Resident Evil 4 came out in March, so we would have done that in April. I think we did that in early April. Uh, fuck. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm... Condemned was the last game. Oh, oh shit. Okay. Then Resi 4, and then Sekiro with Steven. Steve, so Sekiro was the last one he did? No, Condemned was. It okay. Was oh, you were like, okay. Before that was Resi, and okay. then Sekiro. Okay. But we're back with an Outlast 2 review. This yes. one was forced on us by the same person who forced Outlast 1 on us. And just like that, she's here for this review. What up, Tuck? What up? What's been new? How you living? Your glasses are like super Super dope. funky, right? Thank you. <laughs> they are uh, from One Smart, so just so you know, this is not a paid uh, promotion. <laughs> I mean, unless they want it to be, which would be cool. So, <laughs> unless okay. they want it to be. Never uh, say never, sponsor. okay. So before we kind of get into things, you uh, played the Mortuary Collection and decided that you wanted to do that for a job. Is that correct? Well, that definitely <laughs> helped. Uh, it's my mortuary job is not nearly as spooky as that. Um, I wish it was, but uh, yeah, I wanted to before I played mortuary assistant. But yeah, I didn't let my dreams be dreams. I guess. How has the uh, urbex stuff been out west? Have you gone to any like ghost towns? Like any like old mining towns out that way? So there are not, uh, there's not as much down here in Oklahoma as there is in Michigan. There uh-huh. is um, a good amount of stuff, but it's not as, it, it doesn't feel as historical. It's just kind of, there are some ghost towns and some uh, cool abandoned buildings like around Oklahoma City, but um you know, like in Detroit, Detroit PD have a lot better things to do than bother people exploring <laughs> here. They don't have better things to do. So I've not had the opportunities, but every time I'm driving around the state, I'm always going places out. So uh, some, I, I think when it's cooler out, I'll go more. You and I need to put on our calendar probably for whenever Devin's in tax season. So I don't feel bad for ditching her to go to that one, that old like research facility. Yes. The one that's out in New Jersey. And the movie theater out that way, too. Yes. There's also a big asylum where I think you can pay, I want to say it's like, I forget how much. It's like 10 bucks an hour or something. But you have full, like, unguided um, access to the entire facility. And I think that would be worth it. Like, it's, so it's a photographer's para- paradise out there. Here in Ohio, Deb has been trying to get people together. Do you know the Mansfield Reformatory where they film Shawshank? Yeah. For, I think it's like a thousand bucks or two thousand bucks, you can bring up to 20 people and you can have the reformatory to yourself from dusk till dawn. You do whatever you want. We were talking about that in October. Yeah, and they yeah. provide you with like the ghost hunting tools and everything. Uh, yeah, we're doing it, so... That would be a blast. But... I'm absolutely down for it. 
But yeah, we're back. And so I guess since it's been a while since it's been on, what's been new with you? You've played anything? Watched anything? Have you finished min-maxing your Final Fantasy XIV character? <laughs> I'm just, just trying to understand, all right? That's what we're playing. Final oh, you're shit, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what's up? What's new? Shannon, this is where you tell us what you Oh, I thought you were talking to Justin. <laughs> no, you're the guest. No, we <laughs> talk all the time. We talk to each other all the time. <laughs> I was like waiting for Justin. I was like, do, are you No, guests first, ladies first. You <laughs> have two levels of priority. Um, As far as playing stuff, I mm-hmm. do a lot of really just modern warfare 2 honestly like uh of course we've gotten back into deebs recently which i love because i've been on pc now and so it's like having something new to grind instead of having yes maxed out characters but um i actually so i have my favorite new hobby um i'm really wore out after work um a lot of times and so i lay horizontal in my bed most of the time and i've been watching no commentary let's plays of games from like my childhood like i started with um super mario 64 and then i did ocarina of time majora's mask and wind waker um i did conquer's bed for a day the other day um i did a very very old um like egypt point and click game from like windows 98 um (laughs) just on youtube like i just put them up and just let them play for like 15 hours straight and it's been like the most cathartic thing ever so i haven't been playing a lot of games but i've been watching a lot of games that make me feel happy so harry potter and the sorcerer's stone on ps1 that's a a fun one to sit and watch play i will watch played, it yeah, that that's a that's a I've, I've done that before for that one yeah it's the voice acting really good and so it's yeah nice that's pretty much it. Besides working, I just um, basically got a default promotion from removal tech to dispatcher and crematory operator at my mortuary. So now I'm going to be getting doing closer that. to the haunted uh, mortuary. Exactly. Stuff. Exactly. I'm I'm not going to be doing embalming though. That's not my bag. Yet. It's icky. <laughs> Yet. Yet. <laughs> you are practicing. Maybe someday. <laughs> Justin, how about you, man? Oh, um, I've been playing something I can't talk about and won't be able to talk about for a very long time, (laughs) uh, like September maybe. (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, I've (laughs) been playing Final Fantasy 16. I'm about 70 to 80% done, I think. I tried to convince one of the grad students in my lab that he was too busy and they need to borrow his PS5 so I could play Final Fantasy 16. And what did he say? Oh, yeah. Yeah, as one would do. Because it's it. so far the story is really fucking good. That's what that's the um, main thing I care about. I've heard that it kind of falters near the end, which, whatever, but I'm not there yet. So right now it's still amazing. Um, Perfect. My comments last week stay that the side quests aren't the greatest still and the music is good but not memorable to me although i know a lot of people are like vibing with it okay um man what the fuck else have i been doing obviously i played out last two 
Uh, I actually start didn't start it until like last Saturday, I think, is when we. I don't remember when we talked about it, Larry. But I yeah. started it last Friday, and I think you started it the day or two after me. Yeah, and then I, I told you that. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, was that both of your first time playthroughs, or had you yes. played it before? So okay. I thought I had played this before, but I had played. I think the opening of Whistleblower. Mm. So yeah, that's that's a DLC for one. Yeah, but yeah. Um. So other than that, uh, a Saturday happened. So. I did my, oh, did I do my Saturday thing this Saturday? Did I get high and watch cartoons again? I don't think so. No, because you played Outlast because you texted me. Right. Right. Bummer. That's okay. That's what what this Saturday is for. This Saturday is for getting high and watching cartoons again. (laughs) Um, That's like my, just a Saturday go-to now, uh, which is great. Um, I've been working a lot. Kids are done school, so now... Instead of free daycare, I have to pay for daycare starting next week. So that's going to suck. Uh, it's like two grand a month. That's going to really suck. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me. Isn't Griff old enough to babysit? He is seven. So yes. So, so yes. no. I think six is the age. No. It's like 12 <laughs> or 13 or something like that. No. All you got to do is put a little baby gate up and throw on cartoons and put some lunchables in the middle of the room. Oh dude, they're much older than that. They they're fine. <laughs> they can like get their own food. They're fine. <laughs> um but no, uh unfortunately, yeah. So that's uh that's next week though. Um okay. Man, what else have I been up to? Been just I think we talked about it. I don't know if we talked about it on air or off air last week, but just been listening to a bunch of music from my teenage years. Basically, yeah, System of to, a Down was last week. What we listen to now? Uh, so it's still, I go through the entire discography of System of a Down every morning. It's so fucking good. It's so <laughs> good. I agree. Uh, and then I do choice selections from Devil Driver and Coal Chamber, which were like my main bands growing up, uh, with, mixed in with like some Primus. Primus is like my fucking jam. Um, a little bit of Slipknot here and there. Um, some Corn, you know, Limbiscuit, the usual, uh, some more. Uh, what is it like? Call out boy or whatever the fuck that Eskimo call boy. Yeah, or whatever it's called now though. Oh, that's right. That's what they are. Devin listened to them. Yeah, yeah. I know ba- basically, the two songs. Electric call boy. Electric call boy. Yes. Uh, basically, the two songs. Uh, we are one or whatever, and the uh, techno drink. <laughs> yep. Because it's fucking amazing. Uh, and if not, if Shannon, do you know what either of those songs are? Negative. Okay. While we songs. talk and record this episode, that is going to be our intro this week. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna mix that up while we're while we're going. Um, other than that though, um, oh, I'm trying. I found my 3ds. Actually, it's right here. And I'm charging awesome. it. Um, so I'm currently charging it, and I'm going to rehack it and uh, give it to my son for the oh, summer break and just say, here's a bunch of games. I'm not telling you how to play them. Give them you have give to beat them uh, four seasons. Uh, no, so I, I'm planning on, I think I'm going to do... Uh, yeah, chain of Memories in his room is <laughs> No, I wouldn't <laughs> want to do that to him. Uh, no, I'm going to do uh, probably like a few Pokemon games. Sure. Um, some Zel- uh, Probably Link Between Worlds. Okay. And then uh, I was trying to figure out if uh, I guess like Mario and Luigi Dream Team's on there. 
like a Mario RPG. Because I was also thinking about maybe putting on like the DS version of Chrono Trigger and like oh, some yeah. of the Final Fantasy, just like really like push that push that into him. Uh, because Final Fantasy three is like my favorite one. Like six? On, no, three. Like the, the oh okay advanced port of that game. Oh, see, they did an advanced port of six, which I heard is really good as well. They did. Yeah, or maybe it was was it DS? No, it was Advanced, yeah. Maybe, I don't know, fuck. Advanced had a lot of ports of the old school Final Fantasies. Well, I know Advanced had, I think Advanced actually was the Chrono Trigger. It had one, two, three, and four, because I own those ones. Okay. Hmm. I mean, listen, it is, I can get any game on there I want, so. (laughs) I think Uh, you should make your kid play Dark Souls. No, no, God, no, no. (laughs) He gets so frustrated when he loses a race in his, uh, uh, forza horizon five so you gotta you gotta gotta start him young so that uh well my my goal is that hopefully one day he'll play final fantasy and like it or play final fantasy and hate it and then i'm just sad forever but i'm trying to like push him to like the next level of games because right now he's playing like lego games and like racing games and i'm like no play these good games um, Lego games are fun though. I spent a lot of time. Play- I still okay. Lego Lego games Lego are Batman fun games. when you play them for like three hours, not when you've no, put like, like three hundred hours. I hundred percent the Harry Potter too. Not fuck- yeah. So has he? <laughs> yeah, he, he's working on Skywalker Saga, oh, but yeah, that's on, that's on my wish list. Oh yeah. Well, it's the same summer sale, so have at it. <laughs> um, other than that, though, uh, I don't think I've really done much. I've just Lots of Final Fantasy and lots of this uh, un- unspeakable game. Okay. What okay. about you, Larry? I know you've been playing something. Yes. So we'll do. We'll say that for last. Okay. Uh, for first movies, I watched The Mask over the weekend. Uh, I fucking love that movie. That movie holds up, dude. The um, the musical. I forget the song. I I don't yeah, know. The Coco Bano. Yes, Coco is Bongo. amazing. And I just like and like the soundtrack, the score to it's really sweet, and it's just I didn't know because I've gone back and watched some older movies that I used to like. I was like, oh, this I don't know why this was one. This one was like amazing. I couldn't recommend it more. Um, I watched Rebecca. Um, it's one of an, it's an old Hitchcock movie based on a novel of the same name by Daphne du Maurier. Okay. Uh, I read a TCM book a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago, I guess maybe at this point that was talking about famous movies based on books and like their similarities and differences. And I had never heard of this. I don't want to give anything away, but the basic premise is, is this young woman marries this rich recluse. Okay. Uh, who is a recent widow to his wife, Rebecca, and she goes and moves into his giant mansion and strange things start happening. It reminded me a little bit of like house on the, when I read about it, a little bit of haunted Hill and a little bit of, uh, withering heights. Okay, but it is hands down not even close the best Hitchcock movie I've ever seen. Interesting. Like, like nothing comes close. Like Bird, Psycho, like nothing comes close to it. Um, I could recommend it more. And apparently, the Zombie Girls covered it like years ago, and like, Rachel was going back and re-editing it. So you could listen to it. Yeah. So okay, I posted about it that I watched that movie in the Discord, and a lot of people liked it. Like I think. Jody said her cat's named after Mrs. Danvers, like one of the characters in the in the movie. 
Um, but yeah, Rachel's going back and re-editing it to re-release. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. Is it was it in the before times? Yes. Oh. It's old. It's like before we knew him. Wow. It's like five, six years old, if not older it, than that. Okay, okay. Um, and the other movie I watched was The Doors. Have you guys seen that movie? No, you actually asked us this last night. <laughs> I, well, I, I know you did it, but I didn't know if Tuck had. Um, so it stars Val Kilmer. He plays Jim Morrison in the movies about the band The Doors. Um, I saw it, and because I love Val Kilmer, it's the reason why I fell in love with The Doors music. And I wanted to show it to Devin because Devin hates it when I listen to The Doors. So I was like, well, maybe you watch the movie, you'll like it. And not only does she hate The Doors more, she says she likes Val Kilmer less. So, Oh, wow. Uh, her loss... The doors are fantastic, and I like the movie. Um, books, I finished Hero of Ages, which was the final book in the Mistborn trilogy. Every single one of those books is a five out of five. Uh, which is your favorite one, though? The third one. Okay. Does it, it, t- does it end in a way that there are no open, like it answers everything? 100%. Okay. Okay. It, it takes its time to literally fill in all the gaps all the questions. It reminded me a lot of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, where it took its time to make sure that all the questions that had been asked in the previous two books, all the loose ends were tied up, but not in a way where it felt rushed, like where everything kind of like was well filled out. It was an amazing trilogy. It it really, it really, really was like top tier high fantasy. Okay. Interesting. I mean, I, 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 so I've re added the first one to my, Okay. Audible. So I'm going to listen yeah. to it. I, I was, I was really, really happy with it. Um, I finished Artemis Fowl. Uh, I mean, it's just kids fantasy. So whatever. Um, and then th- yesterday I finished, actually I finished here of ages last night after we played Deebs. Okay. And I, was, I was coming down from the ending. So I started and I finished this morning, the book night of the mannequins. It's like a short story. It's like 140 pages. Um, it's by Stephen Graham Jones, the author who wrote The Only Good Indians and My Heart is a Chainsaw. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Um, it was creepy, and I didn't expect... I didn't know anything about it. I just got it like for sale at a bookstore for like five bucks. It's like a little skinny thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude could write some creepy shit. And he can, I was surprised he got it done in 100 and some pages. Oh, wow. Okay. It was it was good, uh, and then currently I'm reading Braiding Sweetgrass. That's our next book club book. Uh, you I really noise? envy your like level of media consumption. <laughs> like I I really want to get on. I want to be the kind of person that consumes like that much new media all the time instead of watching the same comfort shows over and over. <laughs> like I really aspire to that. So I how need to it read more books again? How it happened? Well, the books was the library. Devin finally got me to go to the library, and now I go like three times a week. So that was her. But Justin and I, when we used to be kind of in the nude clan community, we both competed for the hog status, which is there's like two parts. of one's a video game hog, which Justin won, and one is like the media hog, which is like everything. And I won that, and that's what broke me from watching The Office or Frasier start to finish and then when i finish starting it over again yeah <laughs> so that's, that's me th- that's what broke that horse uh but yeah brain sweetgrass is the next book club book uh woof um and then i am starting the book called mikey seven 
it's um it's a sci-fi book about an a clone he's a seventh version of mikey uh and basically they use him to go out and explore this like foreign world uh knowing that he'll die when he goes out there they have like, another clone ready and like, they, they transfer his conscience before he dies but this one doesn't die and he comes back and meets mikey eight interesting okay is it, oh, and I, I'm assuming this is the first time that clones are, these clones are meeting. Yes, yeah. and um, I heard about it because uh, Bong Joon Ho he directed Parasite, um, which is one of my favorite movies of the last few years. Uh, he's making a movie adaptation of it, starring uh, Edward Cullen. Okay, your boy, my boy. So I'm pumped. Games. We talked about Deebs. Obviously, Outlast Two. Keep it up with my Pokemon TCG. But Justin got me AEW Fight Forever last week. Uh, it came out today um, across all consoles, but I was able to play through the main story and a bunch of matches. Uh, a little bit of background on the game. It is the first game based on the popular wrestling company, All Elite Wrestling. It is published by THQ Nordic. Uh, I went through their game history, and I'm not as good as game as Justin, but some ones that I recognize were Destroy All Human. And SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. Uh, THQ Nordic, uh, they own a ton of like oh. a ridiculous <laughs> amount of things. Um, they are basically. Uh, do you know the term like double A in video games? I'm assuming it's like right below a like, triple A game? Yes, it's basically like a bunch of like licensed materials oh cool okay um i'm trying to okay here we go so a lot of their games are like if you've ever played like uh red faction gorilla nope see i said there's a, there's a long list of games <laughs> yeah we had Dark i just Siders. didn't recognize a lot of them yeah have you ever played dark siders no you would love dark siders at least one and two I don't know, uh, it Dark, sounds really close to Demon Souls or Dark Souls. No, it's not. Darksiders 1 is like picture Legend of Zelda, but in the apocalypse. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Kingdoms of Amalur, Biomutant, uh, Spellforce. Yeah, these guys. Yeah, I I didn't realize it was THQ Nordic, but yeah, they do fucking everything. <laughs> okay. They had a long list, but I just didn't recognize a lot of them. Yeah. But... If anybody was listening to this podcast for even a minute, you know that that's not surprising. Uh, there are nine different match types for this game currently. They include single, tag, triple threat, fatal four-way, a casino battle royale, a ladder match, and an exploding barbed wire death match. How that okay. match works is you're in the ring and you're stuck in the ring and it's surrounded by barbed wire. If you run into it, there's like sparks and you get shocked and stuff. And there's a 120 second timer, and whoever's closest to the barbed wire at the end of that timer gets blown up. And like, no, loses? unfortunately, well, you they, they just get really beat up, and then you can disappear. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hyper violent and bloody, which is cool. Uh, you can have intergender matches, so like guy versus girl, whatever. Yeah. You can create your own wrestler. And there is the story mode called Road to the Elite, where you can either use the character you created or use one of the other characters and kind of take them through a year in AEW. So you go from through all the pay-per-views and kind of build them up. Um, the game began development 
excuse me, in October of 2019 with star wrestler and executive vice president of AEW, Kenny Omega, saying he wanted a game that felt like WWF No Mercy, which people remember came out on the N64 in 2000. Yeah, that's well, that's like what my main interest was for. I, I told you it looks like, um, yeah, I mean, No Mercy. And No Mercy was like the best wrestling game ever. Yes. So I played the story through by myself. I played a lot of matches by myself. And then this past Sunday was an AEW pay-per-view. Yeah. I had a couple of buddies over and we literally just played King of the Hill and passed the controllers around and played for like four or five hours. Um, my thoughts on the game. I had a lot of fun. I like that it felt like an arcade game. I like how you just kind of like all the characters are balanced. So you couldn't just pick like an OP character with like a high score. Like everybody was balanced. So if you picked like a really skinny girl and I picked like some giant monster man, they would be balanced. Like okay. the, the, so that's fun because I think that's more fun to play that way. So every character has a shot. Um, my problem with it and actually like why I'm thankful you got me the code is it doesn't feel like a full priced game. Okay. Because of how arcadey it feels. Like the story okay. mode's really quick, but I would never replay it. Like I played it through as MJF, who's my favorite wrestler, yeah, but I yeah. didn't play it through it with the character I made because it just wasn't like there wasn't a lot there to it. And although we played it for a lot during um my my, my buddies over, and probably for all the rest of the pay-per-views, I'll probably pull it up and we'll play it for that. The problem is, is like, I think, because obviously people know I play a lot of Mortal Kombat. Like, I play a lot of Mortal Kombat. And in Mortal Kombat, there's like training sessions, there's the ladders, there's the story, there's online ladders, there's online King of the Hill. There's a lot of things you can do. There's a lot of content you can unlock through the crypt. There's just a ton of stuff you can do. This game just felt very empty. So although I had a lot of fun with it, I think I would have been really disappointed if I had paid like the full price game for it. Yeah. Okay. And that's not, it's not knocking the game. Like if they were trying to, I went and actually, I didn't, I didn't play WWF no mercy, but I went and watched some YouTube videos to see what they were going for. Yeah. And I think they succeeded in doing that. Okay. The problem is, is that it does not feel like a complete game. It does not feel like, sorry, it feels like a complete game. It just doesn't feel like a full price game. Okay. So I know in the past when we we used to do this, like I before you started writing, Justin, we used to do like buy now, wait for a sale or skip. Yeah. For me, as someone who watches AEW every week and pays for pay-per-views, even with that, I would say this is like a wait for a sale. Okay. Or unless they put some more content into it because... I think if it had like a GM mode where like you ran like one of the shows or whatever, right? You ran like one of the brands and like you like got to build out a card and like I know WW2K23 has that. I think it would feel more full. Okay. It just feels very empty. Okay. Okay. But I want to say thank you to Justin and whoever gave him the code to let us play it. I really, really uh, appreciate it. <coughs> Evolve PR. I, uh, I never it, got to do this before. It was a ton of fun. I wish yeah. I liked it more. I wish I could say it was a go by now. I mean, for Christ's sakes, I'm making Devin go to them when they come here in the first week of August and we're sitting in the third row. Like, I love AEW. Yeah. But well, I mean, you know what? Sometimes when you review a game, it's just, it's middling, which is okay. Yeah. Because it's better than a worse game. Trust me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not bad. It's fun to play. It's just, 
maybe it's because I'm getting more frugal as I get older. I would have been I would have been upset if I paid full price for this game. Okay. Not because fair. it plays bad, but because there's not a lot of there there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like Justin I played twenty dollars like in Wargooks of game codes. He just like <laughs> makes it rain game codes all the time. <laughs> Actually, so funny story. Um, I put in for this code a while ago, and I told Larry yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, and then I actually met, and I, I I've been dealing with uh, with Evolve for a while, mm-hmm. and I'm I met them at uh, Summer Games Fest, Summer Game Fest, and uh, we went out for dinner and had some drinks and stuff. I told him like, so I, I we talked about it a little bit, uh, and I said like, hey, like, I, obviously we are we do like horror, but <laughs> and I told them about how obsessed with wrestling Larry is. Yeah, and like so. For context, when there was this like monster truck game coming out like three right. years ago, yeah, that's I, right. That's I right. flat out sent them an email said like, "Listen, we are a horror podcast, but my kid loves fucking monster trucks. I just want to be able to play this with them." And then they sent me a code. Yeah, they, <laughs> so it, it's been really very cool. good to you and to us for a long time. So yeah, they're really, no, I, I'm really, they're really fucking I, nice people. I had, a, I really did have a lot of fun playing it. It's just not worth the price of admission. Yeah, that's fair. Um, then kind of other things, like I said, AW Forbidden Door was on Sunday. It's a crossover event with New Japan Pro Wrestling. I watched the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, Kenny Omega versus uh, Will Ospreay, match number two. Um, it was 40 minutes of blood, violence, stabbing, flips. Dope. Just amazing. Just awesome. And that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. All right, cool. Chuck, you ready to... Uh, Enlighten us. I'm ready. All right, let's head into our review of Outlast 2. Okay, as uh, as we usually do when we bring guests on, we put them to work. So, Shannon, why don't you tell us a little bit about the background of this game and then just give us a quick summary. Okay, so Outlast 2, obviously sequel to Outlast 1, um, developed by Red Barrels. Uh, this released back on April 25th of 2017. It came out for PC, PS4, Xbox One. Um, it eventually came out for Nintendo Switch also. Um, it's a single player survival horror um, made on uh, Unreal Engine 3. Um, and this was, uh, this was something that I remember... Um, they came out with a uh, like a big trailer release for it sometime after E3, and they really hyped it up um, quite a lot. And it was it was like a just a huge push of hype. Um, and so when it eventually released, um, reception was I would say a little bit mid. Uh, Outlast Two had big shoes to fill. Um, and I would say, like, looking at just kind of general reviews for it, they're they're pretty positive um, for the most part. They all say they all have the same things to say about it. And um, 
just, I guess, really kind of mid-reception. Um, it did not have uh, as it didn't have any DLC like Outlast One did, um, but it uh, it did come out um, with like a, a little bit of a uh, not as much good word for it. So, um, essentially, plot summary: uh, you're not in an asylum like Mount Massive, uh, but um, you are in uh, the the husband of an investigative journalist. You're sent on a helicopter to report on a woman that was found uh, pregnant and um, essentially uh, murdered as your uh, lovely counterpart tries to, you know, she's trying, she's trying to, get out what the truth what really happened um so your your helicopter crashes and then you're kind of in a a fight for your life in these uh desolate mountains um with this psychotic deranged uh religious cult there um and it it, that's that's kind of the the general non-written summary of it um it's it's more outside than Outlast was. Outlast was uh, mostly inside and, and kind of claustrophobic. This one was more outdoors in the mountains. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess that's what I have to say about it. Okay, perfect. Well, let's start with the plot then. Um, who wants to go first? Shannon's going first. <laughs> I just went. Okay, Justin's going first. Okay, so um, plot-wise, I think it was okay. Um, I think they tried to expand their scope a little bit and what they could do with storytelling. I do think they bit off more than they could chew. Um. And kind of to go back to the whole Bloodborne thing that Larry and I have talked about, I don't really like it when the story is in collectibles. Granted, you do get some story in the cutscenes, but like... Hard to read collectibles. Yes. We, me and Larry talked about this earlier today. They are very hard to read. Um, but, I mean, you can press a button and it like... Or no, no. not It's after you put it away, you can like pull it back up. Yes. And reread it in like normal text. Um, But yeah, I I think that there's something to be said for like a hidden plot, which is okay. But I, but like 70% of this plot is in those collectibles, um, which I missed some. (laughs) So for a little bit, I was like, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going through this area. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I I think they they definitely tried something new. But I think they bit off more than they could chew. I think if they were to go back and do this now, maybe they would have like a better outing at doing this. But I don't know. It, it was. It's also really hard to compare to one because I think one was so good. 
I definitely agree with that. It, when I say that I had big shoes to fill, it had big shoes to fill. Um, and I think that they tried to do a lot of um, kind of the same as far as like, you know, the, the storyline. It, like, I, at the end of it, I, I found myself having more questions than answers. Yes. And I think that they did that on purpose. I think that, I think that that was a um, kind of an intentional like open to interpretation thing which is a little bit um in line with the whole concept of like uh extreme like religious extremism um it's kind of all open to interpretation how you take it you know uh essentially part of the um part of the whole thing is that there were um from the same uh murkoff corp that runs mount massive in uh outlast one has um essentially these experimental radiating um labs in the mountain that this plot or that this uh game takes place in Okay, so <laughs> so this is something um, that is an issue with the game, is that if you didn't get those documents, you don't know that. So it's so, funny, because earlier today I was like, man, Larry, I really wish there was like some connective tissue between the first one and the second one. Right, so a lot of it is like, so in the beginning when they're saying like the, the pregnant girl that they found wandering in the woods that died, that they're, you know, um, that the police report says that she was, that she killed yeah. herself, um, but they're saying she uh, was murdered. She had extreme levels of like industrial um, toxicity in her blood um, that would only come from having like an industrial runoff plant like somewhere yes. on the island. So that's what they were looking for. Essentially, all of the, the skull in the game the effects are supposedly um from this like radiative lab equipment under the mountain and that's where like all those mines that go under the mountain so at the yeah. end of the game essentially when you um uh are like what everything is like shaking yes. you know and then you're um you're walking and the, and the sun is like um it gets bigger and explodes and that's the end of the game. And you're like, yeah. what the fuck was that? What does that mean? Essentially yeah. you're open to interpretation is either the child um, that came from Lynn was the antichrist yes. and that the end times were there like the cult had anticipated or the other interpretation is that he was being heavily affected by all of that equipment underneath, just like the scald were. And he was basically losing his mind. There, there's your open to interpretation ending. Why would and they so, not make that far more clear? That is the, I think, not the, not issue. the ending, but the connection to OG. Yeah, no, I am in complete in agreement with you. Um, I think that they had a vision there, and I see what they were trying to do, um, but it was not um, executed in a way that you could really pick any of that up unless you were playing like a completionist run through, which I did. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's like nuts to me because for me, for plot, like. I played the first chapter and I texted Justin and I was like, hey, this is going to like the first chapter took forever. Like there was a lot of there there. And then I finished it like the next day or the day after that. Like yeah. I, I was done and I was kind of like the plot on its very service level. I was able to follow it. Right. Your plane crash, the cult, whatever. 
The story I felt myself more compelled to before I found out that there's some connections back to OG Outlast were the flashbacks to his traumatic childhood. Like, I found that to be highly compelling, to be in a school and all that. Like, I almost wish the story focused more on that because we'll get to this and how scary, but I found myself most invested when I was in the school storyline. I don't know if you guys felt similarly or not. So I actually took the the school stuff was very jarring whenever yeah. it happened. Um, and it, if anything, uh, for me, it actually made the other side of the plot more difficult to follow. Yes. Um, sure. Because I was sitting there going, okay, so what's the connective tissue between these two? Yeah, and then trying to tie it back into the OG yes. Outlast. Too. So yeah. there, I again, I think this is just, for me. It was just them taking another bite and the, not being able to like back it up, basically. Okay. Any I thought last? it was. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I thought like as far as like all of the flashback um, stuff that happens uh, with the school, it felt to me like I think that I'm a little bit in the minority um, in the Assassin's Creed games when you have all of the like Abstergo, like where you where it takes you back in the game to present time and you're like in the Abstergo labs doing the like. I've only um, played Assassin's Creed too. Oh, so like oh, it had that's know, the it happens yeah, in that game. One, right? The thing is in yep. all of them. Yeah, when you go back to present time and you're like Desmond Miles or whatever, uh-huh. I think that that's super immersion breaking for me. And I think that a lot of people really like that part of the storyline, but for me, it like it fucks up my <laughs> perception of the game and the storyline itself. And so, um, I think it's a little bit immersion breaking. Um, but I I get what they were trying to do. I I think the execution was just not quite as successful as they'd hoped. Okay, so for plot, let's do scores. Shannon, you first. I give it a six. Justin, five. I also gave it a six. Perfect. Gameplay. Justin went first last time. Shannon, you're up. Infuriating. This the gameplay ruined this game for me. Really? Yes. Uh, yes. Me too. So <laughs> this game, and so this was um, something that was a really common trope in terms of like the reception of this game was that this game was a rat maze instead of it being what a, what? Um, a rat maze. It was okay. a it was a labyrinth of uh, trial and error, which to me ruins the the fear factor of it. Um, I know that I'll probably spend a lot of time comparing it to Outlast One. That's because Outlast One is truly my favorite horror game of all time, and so I um, really. I, I do a lot of comparison, but you're allowed um, to. I think I'll, I will be too. So okay, Outlast One. It had you know um, a more like you you had to pay attention. Like you had to be able to see where you were going with things. Um, and you know there was a, a little bit of trial and error, um, but mostly you were in a, a more kind of confined area, so your direction was a little bit more obvious. Um, in Outlast 2, you were outside a lot, and um, a lot of the, like, spaces, like, I felt like I was just in a big-ass fucking chase scene the whole game, and that, like, ruined it for me. It wasn't as, um, as, like, 
bad as I think that uh, it, it could have been because it, it didn't completely take away from the story, but it really took away from the story quite a lot. When you have to like repeat those chase sequences because you don't know where to go and it gets, it was frustrating. I was um, getting lost a lot. I didn't know which direction I needed to go. Um, and for me, that really ruined a lot of it again i see what they were trying to do they were trying to follow those same like um chase mechanic steps but as far as like the mechanics of it went like i know that um i remember a comment that you made larry was that like in the first when we did the first review was that a lot of the mechanics didn't work like Mm -hmm. you would be in a chase sequence and then you like the the mechanic to climb wouldn't activate or whatever and that happened a lot in this one but also like the i guess it was also like uniform looking that there was so much of it where i was like i don't fucking know where to go like i don't know (laughs) what to do and i would get frustrated and so um also i got lost as shit around the pond area yeah i I couldn't figure out where the hell to go there and like the corn and like the multi-level and and it was a lot of getting chased. I think that that was something that was really spooky in Outlast 1 because it was more atmospheric. Mm-hmm. This time, it felt like it was just chase, 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 chase over and over and over. And it was like, God, can I do anything? So this game actually has a story mode where it gets rid of like a lot of that aggression and like uh, quantity of enemy so that you can actually explore the game. And that there should have been a middle ground there um the healing mechanic for um like if you get hit and you have to stop and heal that if you don't have a fight back mechanic you shouldn't have a heal mechanic in my opinion um i was really frustrated because in the first one if you got hit it would like flash your screen red and then it would fade away and you would be able to continue this time i felt like you know if i get hit like fuck of course i got hit because i got lost and i didn't know which direction to turn and now i gotta stop and heal and it's like it was just like i can't I could not get into like a flow of just enjoying the gameplay. It was like that constant like roadblock. So anyway, I I was this was a really frustrating thing for me personally. Okay. That's I, my I agree with a lot of that. Um I think your point about if you're going to ha- not have a fighting back mechanic, you can't have like a you need a heal mechanic. I think that's spot on. I will say I enjoy the fact that it was a run as fast as you fucking can because as Justin knows from a lot of the other horror games we play, that's how I play naturally is just like, that's why like some of those like Resident Evil challenge runs don't bother me, like the knife only run. It's just like you just run as fast as you can, take as little damage and then you just save and then go into a boss fight until you beat it with a knife. So like for this, it was just like, I'm just going to fucking charge ahead. Like this, I'm just going to run. And Although it made me enjoy playing it, when it gets to how scary it's going to suffer. Um, everything you said, I kind of second. The biggest thing for me is I really enjoyed everything gameplay mechanic-wise that took place in the school. I liked the hangman on the board. I liked how the hallways would change. I liked the monster that chased you. I love getting lost in the stacks in the library. Like... I found myself really enjoying it. If there was an Outlast 3, I would love to see it take place in a high school. There is an Outlast 3. Well, there is another Outlast game. Yeah. And, um, but I think what you said, Tuck, is like the first, like, 
in the first one, yes, there was like some polishing that needed done, like especially like, the chase mechanics and everything. This one definitely felt like it was polished. And even though it played to how I like to avoid the scares and scary games, you lose a lot of that heart. And I think because I think this is where this kind of goes, another thing for me too is the the atmosphere that took place in OG Outlast being in the asylum is gone here. The only time I felt that was in the school. The cornfield didn't bother me. The mines didn't bother me. The towns, like, none of that, like, got my, like, tension going. And I think it's because what you said. I could just run. And if I died, I would try running a different direction. And I would just run in a direction until I made it through it. So, Justin... How about you? I mean, I I have to fully agree with uh, Shannon. Uh, I did not like the openness of it. It felt more like when it was enclosed in uh, Outlast 1, it felt more like it felt well, well thought out and they knew exactly kind of where they needed to put like the the obvious items or like an oh there's like obviously an ledge there or oh there's obviously yes. like a little thing under there or whatever um here i just got lost a lot like too much uh and then when i would find my way like Tex said there's like a, just a fucking bunch of people and i'm like <laughs> okay i guess this is just my fucking day now um yeah it kind of, it really so there's specifically a part um uh, in the school, even uh, when the dude is chasing you near the end, um, yeah, and you go into the bathrooms, mm-hmm. and I didn't know I got stuck in there for like forty minutes. Really, I didn't know what to do. I, I would know exactly st- the part you're talking about. I would stand Which there. Uh, I, I would stand there, and he'd like rap on the door. Yes, and like speak his like creepy uh-huh. thing, and then the door would just open. Like he would knock the door open and I literally would go like, Oh, do I like go under the stall? Do I just like, yeah. what do I do? I go to a different stall. Like, am I in the wrong stall? It was really fucking frustrating. I played that part maybe like 10 times. And uh, that really, it takes away from it. In my opinion, if, yeah, if they're going to have like, and kind of more of a, um, an open and like, a plot that you're having to unravel yourself they can't have like big open areas for you to explore and then chase you out of them yes over and over like you're you you lose a lot of the um you lose a lot of the story that way because you're you're missing so much so it yeah yeah because i had a similar experience in the mines where like you would go one way and there'd be a guy there who auto killed you and then oh don't fuck get me started so i restart it yeah. And then I would just go another direction, get killed there. But like Shannon was saying, like instead of it being scary or changing or dynamic, it's just trial and error until you find the right path. Yeah. Which takes and away like, from it, the it, fear of it. And it yeah. gets to the point where it's just like you start seeing these people and you're like, ah, fuck off. Like get out of yeah. here. Like, don't <laughs> like, like just fuck right off. Like 
Mara, the big lady that like stabs you with the yes. the cross or whatever. It was like it got that was that's a pretty spooky and imposing um, character mm-hmm. at at first. But then the thirtieth time that you fucking see her, you're like, all right, bitch, like get out of the I'm, way. I'm trying to. Yeah, I will say though, the transitions between like the regular gameplay and the school sequences, like those transitions, great. flawless. Yes, every they were time. Great. Yeah. All right. Gameplay. Justin, give me a score. Uh, four. Shannon. I get a four. Am I about to score this game the highest? I gave it a five and a half. I like it. We had have a, different it, like play styles. That we yeah, like. Larry, you so like to run. Valid. And you know, watch me. I like to watch, sleep. watch our old VOD of me playing Sam's Fortress. Yeah, that's fair. Man, Stripping I really down. hope that's still up. I don't think Stripping it's up Stripping down anymore. naked and just running and just keep doing it until I got to the top, only to get fucked on by the giant. Audio. Uh, I'll go first this time. Um, okay. I thought the voice acting overall was pretty good all the way across. Yep. I played with my headphones. Um, as I try to do a lot with the horror games because I, when I bought my PC, these headphones are really nice. Well, first, there's a lot of like binar- binar- binaural audio in like, exactly, and it, it was throwing it around. So yeah. I I found that to be a lot, very enjoyable. I like when games take the time to do, that, especially a horror game. Um, but the score was kind of forgettable because a lot of those chase sequences you're forced to do like multiple times. By the time you could go through it, the fifteenth, twentieth, twenty fifth time, you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Uh but I also really didn't like the person who voiced our main character. I kind of got tired of him by the end. Like, okay. I just didn't feel like his emotion matched a lot of the situations that were happening around him. Like, sometimes he'd be, like, really freaked out about nothing. And then he'd watch someone get, like, torn apart on a rack and just have, like, no reaction to it. And it's just like, okay, so it is what it is. But for me, this is just like kind of what Tuck said. This this is like the most mid of all of them. Like there's just nothing for me to like really crack on, but there's also nothing for me to really praise outside of the sound throwing. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you for the most part. I think the like <laughs> the like creature sounds, <laughs> not not creatures, but like whatever, you know, fucked up people sounds. Uh they were all good. And I think they used the environmental audio really well. Um, the score was forgettable, but yeah, I mean, you know, unless you're going to be control and pull out that fucking bitch and metal song. Uh, <laughs> I probably actually shouldn't even say that. I might just bleep that out. Cause that's like the best part of the game. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, unless you're going to just like, unless you're really going to bring it with like a, a bitchin' soundtrack, you're it's it's really hard for a game like this to kind of set yeah. itself apart. Um the voice acting, I actually I, I enjoyed it. I it wasn't like fantastic, but it was like okay. Yeah. Um I didn't find anything like annoyed me, but except for um the fuck is like the father guy. He annoyed me, but that's Father Micus or Papa Noth. Yeah. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, I didn't like him. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was it it was above average. <laughs> I want to say, but like mostly because of they just used they did very very well on like the environmental audio and like the one big issue I have okay is 
the same issue I had with Insidious last week uh, is the fucking stinger sound. Like a that sound every time it's just like a loud blast of noise, and for me, I like those moments when there isn't that sound because it trusts the player or viewer, uh, viewer because that's last week. That's what it kind of goes hand in hand. Is it it trusts us to see the scare and like understand the yeah and like that we're paying attention. Uh, when you blast a bunch of audio 400 times, um, it really takes away from the moment. Yeah. Uh, but that's honestly, that's my biggest gripe with it. Other than that, though, I, I found it to be like pretty good to like, okay, yeah. Shannon. I found it just really mid. Like, I, I don't particularly remember anything about the score. Um, I didn't feel like it was as nuanced. Um, Again, Outlast one one of my favorite things um, in terms of like atmospheric horror was that the the subtlety of noise that you could hear in your headset um, was so minimal, but you would but your character would react in re- really subtle ways. So like you could you could perceive something pretty minimal, and then your character would like start like having shaky breathing and things like that. And it, it there was a little bit more I felt like effort into um kind of more uh sound subtlety instead of just like Justin said like blasts of like stinger noise like that that takes away for me from the atmospheric horror which I think that that's what made Outlast one so successful um and it puts it more into the realm of like jump scare horror which is not the vibe so it it was just kind of mid for me I think back like an Outlast one, like I know Justin, you were broken into like an insane asylum or like an abandoned building or anything. Uh, uh, a long time ago. I'm old now. I I'm old and I have kids. I don't do that stuff anymore. So like it's been a few years for me, but I know Tuck you have too. But, like I really felt like Outlast captured that vibe. Like when nothing was happening and you're walking around, like I feel like they captured it really well. And the three of us less than a year ago were in a giant corn maze. Oh man, that was fucking ter- that corn maze was scarier than this. <laughs> yes, and that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, there were like planned scares, but some of the scariest parts about that corn maze were we were out, you couldn't see anything around you, you could see the moon above you, and it was quiet. I mean, it was fucking you know, I was silent. fucking hopping off your backpack. Like, oh man, shoving you, you in shoved of- me into the corn and just <laughs> ran right past me like three separate times. <laughs> I was like, you just sacrificed me, dude. What the hell? One time the scare actors were like, left you, you just in, left you yeah. and Devin behind in this. <laughs> and they were like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I think that's a part, we'll probably get to how scary, but the other thing I think the audio really missed out on is like when you're in the cornfield, like it's okay for it to just be fucking quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually a problem with the this game as a whole is yeah. it, it it never just lets you like live in the moment yes. or like be with your thoughts in the moment. It's there's always some sort of like I feel like the noise. only time you got that is when you were in the school. I think it's like the only time you ever got a chance to do that was when you were looking around like looking for like, small things. Yeah, that's fair. And I don't know, like I. The corn maze or the cornfield, as soon we got to, it's like, oh, this could be really cool. And then, like you said, it's stingers and it's like, it's just like a corn maze is scary by itself. Like, you don't need to go heavy on it. Let yeah. it be quiet, let it be calm, and then send someone after me to chase me. And let me just hear their breathing. 
Like, that's all I need. Be hunted, not chased. Yes, yes, hunted. All right, audio. I'll go first. I give it a four and a half. Uh, Justin. I give it a six. And Shannon. I give it a five. How scary. Shannon, you first. How scary. Um, I was, um, I think, grasping for what I felt in Outlast 1, and I didn't feel it in Outlast 2. Although I think that the um, the idea of itself is, like, the, the, the plot intention is really pretty frightening i know that this is like like the whole point of your season right now is like the religious horror which you nailed by the way (laughs) it it is um i think that they do a good job in this game of really um portraying a, a, a pretty alarming and terrifying um thing that is uh a pretty real happening in the United States, even today, actually just yesterday, I was looking up um, active cults in Oklahoma and there are a bunch of them and they are you looking they for like, a support fucking group act like that. <laughs> I, I won't I, lie. I for a second, I thought this game took place in Oklahoma. I mean, Oklahoma looks a little bit like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it so I think that like, um, you know, it ca- there's there's a there's a part where you are actually it's one of the only things in a game that really turn my stomach it's where you go i think you might be going through the mines but you come across a part um a little room a really dimly lit room where there is a bed and yeah. it is covered in blood and there are chairs all around it yeah. and that like that made me sick and that is uh like a assault which by the way um i'm sure people that are watching this or listening to this probably are have already played it and they know because this yeah. has spoilers in it. But in terms of like trigger warnings, like the, the sexual assault trigger warning is extreme in this. Like it, they really go there with this um, in terms of even the language and a lot of the documents. I don't know if you got a lot of those documents, but um, I think so. I think I so mean, too. I think, I think I missed, most of the things I missed were the camcorder stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty gross, upsetting, like, it's almost kind of like uh, a horror movie that is a little bit more on, like, shock value. Yeah. That's a, a little bit what this feels like. Like, that's an effective form of horror. It, to me, is more effective than jump scare horror. Um, but as far as, like, ga- I think the gameplay really, um, like, erased a lot of what would have been a really good, really horrifying story. I agree. Justin. I mean, I, so I don't have to deal with that shit every day. Uh, (laughs) So it wasn't as effective for me. I do think that they did do a really good job of like pushing the religious horror of it all. Uh, I don't know. I, there's just something about like having to do the same thing over and over again. And just like the constant, like, barrage of music that's like getting blasted at you while things are happening it was like over it was almost overstimulating but then i also i couldn't see half the time even in like night vision so you know yeah I noticed that. um <laughs> uh 
so I, I don't know. I, I, I am probably going to come away from this pretty harsh on the house, Gary, uh, just because a, I mean, again, I don't live with these events happening close to me. Uh, and the constant jump scareness of it, um, really frustrates me more than anything. Um, because I'd, I would rather there be less of those and more just like really well thought out, concentrated, like, Hey, let's, let's leave them alone. Like, like, yeah. like you guys have mentioned, like in the corn, don't have people chasing us, but maybe let us think there's somebody behind us. Yep. That to me is a lot more terrifying than being like chased by 400 people with flashlights. <laughs> Agree. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, honestly, like it started out pretty freaky, but even by like hour three, when I was having to replay some of these sections over and over again, I was just more frustrated than anything. Yeah. You guys said a lot of the things I, w- I would say kind of echoing is some of the sequences might've been scary, but having to play them over and over and over again, they're not scary anymore. Right. The scary, especially when you rely on stingers and stuff like that, the scares in the initial, and the more you do it, the less scary it is. Um, there were some things I did find scary. I think the content of the cult and the sexual assault and trying to bring about their, either their savior or the antichrist, whatever side of that, those two factions you were on. I think that idea is scary because of how like real it is. Um, but I'll just tell you the part of this game that like really stuck with me and I was afraid it was going to go there and it did go there was the pastor sequence when it puts you as the kids. Um, mm-hmm. That's something that, especially here in America that like people just don't want to talk about, even though it's so prevalent and like, priests are going to jail for like so short jail times for years of sex molestation and abuse of children and it's just it's just so real and to see it in a game and to feel as powerless as you did as that kid in that moment um i thought that that was really good i I know that especially it happens a lot of movies where like i kind of get this vibe where there's like something bigger that's happening playing this game is not scary it's the realization that like some of these threads, the cult, but more so the pastor abusing his power to like molest children. Um, it's fucking horrific because it's real. It, yeah. It's, it's brutal. Um, and, and yeah, I, that, that's kind of the biggest thing. Like playing it, I wasn't scared. Like you, you die, you go back to a checkpoint, you run it again the other direction and hope that's the right path. There were instances where it could have been scary, like we said, the cornfield and all that jazz. But, like, that wasn't it. The It was the themes, which is kind of something that's been going on a lot through the season, honestly, with religion. Is that sometimes, maybe it's not necessarily the most scary, but what does come across as scary is how real some of the subject matter is. Um. So let's do how scary scores. Tuck. Um, I gave it a seven. I'm a little certainly a more generous on that um, than a lot of my scores, just because while the gameplay, um, the trial and error gameplay took away from a lot of it for me, um, the like exploitative and realistic nature of like what this game represents in the story that it tells in the school and um in the main storyline is uh horrifying and and super real um and one of I, I would say probably my favorite 
like sequence in the game is is pretty terrifying at the very end when you're sitting in the church with this like baby that is supposedly the antichrist and papa noth is sitting there calmly telling you how he just killed every single last one of his followers and he says um he he made the ultimate sacrifice and god is still silent like i think that is a a super profound thing and they they really did not um shy away from uh like they were not making this shit up no that's that's real life horror yeah yeah and so um i get a seven justin uh so uh (laughs) i get very low score (laughs) uh i get a three uh mostly because i found my immersion to be broken too much to really have like anything like nothing could really like had a lasting effect on me uh because of the frustration of actually playing the game. Um, I found this to be one of the rare occasions where I felt like the game was trying to fight me, play it. Uh, and that just like, always just like immediately broke breaking immersion. And is like, okay, this is just, this is a video game. Like there's nothing that's really like sucking me into this. And I don't have to deal with crazy cult Christian people in my life. So, you know, <laughs> I would take what you said, Justin, for myself and kind of spin it. It wasn't that it was fighting me playing it. It was fighting me to allow me to be afraid. It's like at every okay. single opportunity where it got a chance to work, where I could have been scared, where the game could have scared me. It's like, nah, fuck you. Here, like, it's not that scary. Um, yeah. I gave it a five. And literally all four of those points are strictly coming from the realness of it. Um I think I texted you when the when I finished it because of the church sequence. So I know that that's kind of like an area of stuff, like kid stuff, where you just don't like 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 dabbling in. Um, that was fucked. That was fucked, um, especially for how real it was. So, review scores for plot: I gave it a six. Jay gave it a five, and Shannon gave it a six for gameplay. I gave it a five and a half, and Justin and Shannon gave it a four for audio. I gave it a four and a half. Justin gave it a six and Shannon gave it a five. And for how scary, I gave it a five. Jay gave it a three and Tuck gave it a seven. That gives it a here's Johnny final score with 51. Uh, for comparison, Outlast one got a 90. Yep. <laughs> that absolutely tracks. I would so, say for the record, I love like, I, I think I still have like a very like loving commitment to red barrels and I will play like anything that they bring out. I don't hate them for this. I think that they really believed in the story that they were telling. And I think that they tried to change it a little bit uh, from outlast one um, so that it, you weren't replaying essentially the same game. Yeah. Um, it, it, it missed on that, but I haven't played Outlast Trials yet, but I did play the um, the beta for it, and I feel like they're kind of back on track, so I, I don't hate them I, for it. I think we'll get back to it. I think we'll get back to Outlast. Yeah, I, mean, hey, I think they're, they're wonderful can- developers. They really are. They're, they're wonderful Canadian. storytellers. They're Canadian. So what's, what's there not to like? Exactly. They must have spent some time in fucking Oklahoma, though, because they really tracked it on that. <laughs> so Outlast 2 is tied with two movies of 51, Godzilla vs. Kong. And oh, no. Pet Cemetery 2019, which is, oh. as Justin and I always say, our worst episode ever. Uh, the video game below it is Death Stranding. Hey, oh. you, you beat that. You beat that. 
Uh, and then the video game above it is Silent Hill Downpour. With a 52. Yeah. So that is it for our Outlast 2 review. We're going to play a quick commercial, and then we'll head on into the closing. Ghosts. Split souls. Monsters. Sociopathic villains. Cold-blooded murders. And nightmares becoming reality. Does this sound like horror to you? Actually, these are all things that can be found in the Harry Potter series. It can be scarier than you might think. I'm Katie. And I'm Audrey. And on our podcast, Wizard Studies, we talk about all these parts of the wizarding world and even some more lighthearted stuff. We can be found anywhere you listen to your podcasts and on Instagram and Facebook as Wizard Studies Podcast and Twitter as Wizard Studies. Now back to your regularly scheduled horror talk on Here's Johnny. All right, Tuck, before I start promoting what's to come on the show, where can our followers find you if they are not already following you? I am at Tuckshin on literally everything. Okay, what is your most active social media? God, none <laughs> of them anymore. I feel like um, probably my, well, I'm also urbex.tuck on Instagram. That's probably, that's the what I'm trying to get more active on i have not been super active at all on any social media platform recently but um probably instagram okay and what is your social like do you want my social security number <laughs> and my blood type yeah sure let's hear <laughs> next week on the sh- <laughs> next week on the show we are reviewing bezel booth that is a forced entry from seagram and then followed by that we're going to be joined by eddie who listened always to the Patreon section and put the secret word in our Discord and got to pick a movie of his choice of any kind for us to talk about and review. So that's going to be A Boy and His Dog. It came out in the 70s. Apparently it is kinky, and apparently it inspired Fallout. Okay, dope. I'm interested so, for you guys to watch uh, Bezel Booth because um, Matt also recommended that to me when I first got Shutter years uh-huh. ago, and um, so I'm interested to see what you guys think of that. We had Matt and I had good talks about that movie when it, that came out. It is out. Uh, sitting upstairs. I got it from the library, so I am excited to watch it. It's sitting on the internet for me. <laughs> Uh, but that is our review this week patrons stick around for the campfire we have a very very special question for shannon we do i do okay and uh as like uh last week uh the outro is going to be a little different uh it's going to be the uh techno choo-choo train it's like four seconds long so it's not going to be a long outro all right guys thanks for hanging out with us and until next time stay scary